0: All right, take your bowels, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, please. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. All right, by way of introduction, let me just say, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Good news, great introduction. I know that's how the book of Ecclesiastes starts out. And uh, if you read just the first chapter of Ecclesiastes, you might think that Ecclesiastes was written by Eeyore, the donkey, right? It's all bad news, everything's bad. Vexation of spirit, it's dark, it's kind of a dark picture. And it does say that over and over again. It's kind of a broken record of vanity and vexation of spirit. And it's a broken record because we live in a broken world. And that's, that's the truth of the matter, whether it's 3,000 3, years ago when uh, Solomon, we believe, wrote this, or today, he look at the world. And remember, Solomon, we, who believe we wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, is looking at life under the sun. Very key. He's looking at life at a location and a duration. <laughs> this life on earth during your lifetime. If you look just at your lifetime on earth, Everything you look at is passing away. It's vanity. It's vexation of spirit. That's the idea of of when you get one place in your life, you think, "I'd be happier if I get over there." And you go over there, and you try that, and you got there, and you think, "Well, I'd be happy if I did this." And you you just can't find that satisfaction. That happiness, that that true joy. And so Solomon is spending some time looking for this purpose, this uh, happiness, this true joy, and he paints a very dark picture to begin with. And we're going to continue a little bit of that dark picture uh, today as we look at some dead ends. He's trying to figure things out. That's kind of the title of our series, and then today talking about some dead ends. The other day, Jackie and I were driving in London, and we came to a sign that said, road closed, local traffic only, right? and I'll, You, every time I see that sign, I think, I'm a local. I live in, like if it's here, I'm in St. Thomas. I'm in Southern Ontario. I'm a local. So local tra- means I get to go. And I always want to try to find a way around the warning sign and down that road. And so we came to that sign and we had this conversation like, I wonder if we can get through. We're, we're just going not too far. Enough. I wonder if we can get through. One time we did that. In fact, in London, we went, to the, we went there and we could not get through. So I went around the block, to the other side of the road, and guess what the sign said? Road closed, local traffic only. But that time I could get through. So I didn't, how do you know which the sign is true? I was local traffic on one end of the street, but I wasn't local traffic on the other end of the street. I had to get to the place right in the middle. And one time I was here in Elm Street, when they were redoing Elm Street, and we came to that sign, and Jackie and I said, I, I, think I, I said to Jackie, I think I can get through there. I, I think we just got to go down the road a little bit. Remember this, Jackie? Oh, she, yeah, she remembers. Uh, <laughs> she's like, I don't know, Mike. I don't know, Mike. And, and I obviously didn't listen to my wife. And I went on through. And guess what? I made it through. I was being looked at by bulldozers and all these operators were looking like, what are you doing? Don't you see the sign, you jerk? I mean, we're right and all the way through. I'm these big holes and there's piles of dirt, and and the operators are pulling out of my way to get me through, but I made it through local traffic only. So are you the kind of person that ignores the warning sign, or are you the kind of person that says, I think maybe I could be the exception to the rule? Maybe I could make it through. As a youth pastor, uh when for twenty-five years, thirty years, we posted warning signs for our teenagers. Some teenagers listened to those warning signs, and some said, I could be the exception to that rule. Maybe that doesn't apply to me. And what kind of person are you? Well, here in the book of Ecclesiastes, the preacher has on this great quest for purpose and trying to look at life and figure things out under the sun. And we come to Ecclesiastes chapter two. And he's gonna tell us about a list of dead-end attempts. You're probably familiar with these. We'll go through them today as we study through the book of Ecclesiastes. Again, this is a little bit dark, but we do get, we said last time, in order to see the brightness of the stars, you got to have a a dark backdrop. The darker it is out, the brighter the stars. And there are some beautiful stars that shine in the book of Ecclesiastes, and we'll get to those down the road. But we got to paint this dark backdrop of vexation of the Spirit, vanity, under the sun, And he's calling us to consider our ways and think about it. And here are some dead-end attempts. Let's begin in chapter 2, verse number 1. The Bible says, again, we believe the the preacher, Ecclesiastes means the preacher, we believe it's Solomon probably. He says in verse 1, I said in mine heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Mirth is just uh, joy or happiness. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. And behold, this also is vanity. There's a happy verse. I thought I'd have a, I'm have going to prove myself with mirth. I'm going to prove myself with enjoyment and pleasure, and that's vanity. Look at verse number 2. I said of laughter, it's mad. I said of mirth, or this joy, what doeth it? What good is it? <laughs> laughter? Laughter? It's fun for a little bit, but it's really maddening at the end. Like, there's really nothing, there's no substance there. Look at verse number 3. I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting my, mine heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was the good for the sons of men, that they should do unto the heaven all the days of life. So he said, I sought this out. I gave myself to to the the wine and partying, but I kept my wisdom about that. And again, I'm not going to get into a whole thing about wine, though I wouldn't mind sometime, but we're not going to do that right now. Uh, But I believe here in this context, he's talking about giving himself to just the idea of pleasure and enjoyment and not necessarily like getting drunk every weekend. I don't know that Solomon's saying that he was going out and getting drunk every weekend. Again, we believe as a church that that alcohol is something we should abstain from. We we have a biblical grounds for that. Uh, that's not the purpose of this passage. He's saying, I gave myself to this enjoyment, this pleasure. I try to keep my wits about me with wisdom to try to figure out what man should do under the sun. So he's giving himself to enjoying life. I want you to notice a couple of phrases in, in those three verses. He, he says in verse one, I said in mine heart. Again, he's talking to himself. Verse number three, I sought in my heart. He's resolved. It's all about his heart. He's, he's going to follow his heart. He's going to give everything he's got, all of his passion, all of his focus now is, I'm just going to go out and for the next little bit, I'm going to enjoy life. Can you imagine if you, especially young adults, if, you said, if your parents said to you, I want you to find yourself. Uh, don't work for the next few years. We'll pay for everything. You have unlimited time and unlimited money. Go figure out what you want to do with your life well that's Solomon Solomon already has he's already the king and he already has unlimited money so he can really do whatever he wants and so when he says he's going to go have a good time he's going to have a good time (laughs) like he's going to do whatever he can think that would be fun and he comes to this this mirth this enjoyment this pleasure and he says it's vanity it's fleeting it's not satisfying it's not what I'm looking it's a dead end so I hope right now you're thinking to yourself, please tell me it's okay to laugh and have fun and enjoy life. And if you read just Ecclesiastes chapters 1 and 2, you'd probably say, no, it's not okay. That's not the, that's not the point of the passage. We're going to get to that later on. But uh, just for right now, understand, he gave everything. His focus was on pleasure. So the first dead end is the dead end of pleasure in verses 1 through 3. And he says It's empty. But eventually we'll get to the the truth about pleasure and those things, right? Number two, look at uh, chapter 2, verse 4. The dead end of accomplishments. It says in verse number 4, I made me great works. I built me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards. I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruit. I made me pools of water to uh, water there with the wood that bringeth forth trees you notice some reoccurring words in there i made me (laughs) see see the central focus i'm just going to try to figure this out it's all about me this accomplishment and he's talking about all these things that he did he accomplished my dad was a mason or a bricklayer for years and uh, for 30, 40 years in the city of Cleveland. And so when we would drive around town, we would drive past buildings and he'd say, oh, I built that building when your mom was pregnant with your sister. I, I built that building. And, and so he would see all around town the accompl- in fact years ago, we stand in the auditorium that we helped build. I remember the time that a lot of us stood here on the floor and we pushed this wall into place. We had a bunch of guys standing up these long uh, boards, and we, we were here. There's a sense of accomplishment when you come into something that you have built. Hopefully, even at your house, men, when you accomplish something. And my dad has that sense of accomplishment uh, of all those places. In fact, one of the things that he did was a mall in downtown Cleveland, and that mall was featured, was in a movie, uh, and so his work that he did was in a, a, a famous movie. And so he, 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 as soon as that came out, he said, hey, you got to watch the mall scene from this movie because I did the marble work on that floor. And so that sense of accomplishment, is that wrong? Well, here Solomon's saying in verse number four, I made all this great work, I did all these great things, and we'll see it's a dead end. It's a dead end. So there is a sense of accomplishment that comes from finishing the job, but Solomon's saying, so Solomon's saying to us, that's not a good thing. No, the sense of accomplishment is a good thing. We're going to get there. Don't worry. But he's saying, in my quest for purpose, in my quest for life, in my quest for true happiness, it was a dead end. Number three, verse number seven, the dead end of possessions. He said, I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house, also had great possessions. Of great and small cattle, above all that were in Jerusalem before me, I gather me also silver and gold and the accumulated treasures of kings and of the provinces. I get me men singers and women singers and delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom re- remained with me, and we're going to see possessions are a dead end for Solomon. I don't know what would be, like, he's, he's like, whatever I wanted, I got it. I just went and got it. I don't know what your list, your list would probably look different than Solomon's list. I don't think anybody here is thinking, oh man, if I had a few men singers, if I just had a men singer and some women singers, I'd be happy. If I could just, or, you know, I, I want to have more cattle than everybody else. Our, our list would look different right? Maybe a cottage, it may be a boat, it may be this, it may be that, it may be thing. Are things wrong? If you read here, Ecclesiastes right here, you'd say, man, we should avoid, we we shouldn't have anything. No, I don't believe that's the case. That's not the point of Ecclesiastes. But he had all these different, and different types, like there's, there's cattle, there's people, there's servants, there's music, all, anything that his senses could imagine, he went and got. Women, can you imagine if your husband gave you the credit card and said, I want you to go to the store and buy whatever? If you see it, buy it. My wife will, and a lot of you women do this too, they say, I'm just going to take it for a ride. They'll take it off the, off the rack, put it in the cart, and they'll take it for a ride around And usually they put it back before they, they pay for it. I'm usually behind her trying to take things out of the cart and put them back on the rack. <laughs> And I'm, if I'm with her, I'm always like saying, do we really need that? Like, I'm trying to, you know, trying to talk her out of it. But what if your husband said, no, like, here's the credit card, whatever you want. We went shopping with my little niece down in Florida. And what was it, what did she say? She said, like, oh, I'm in love with that. I'm in, I'm in love with that. <laughs> and like, we're in the store like five minutes and four things she was in love with. It was, I said, she's got the, she's got the genes. It's in the roots, right? I'm in love with that. And, uh. And Solomon kind of had that, like, you, you want it, go get it. Well, you don't need to save for it, you got, you got the money. You, you want cattle, go buy as many cows as you can get. You want men singers, find the best. Just go do it. And so as Solomon sorts through life and tries to figure things out, the, the preacher, the king in Jerusalem, sorts through life, and he can have whatever he wants, he has all these possessions. We'll see, that's a dead end. Warning: The roads closed. Don't you don't don't go down that road. But yet, some of us think, well, that doesn't apply to me. If I had this, I could be happy. If I had this, I. If I had, or you know, if I accomplished this, I'd be. Or all these things that these are dead ends: pleasure, accomplishment, possessions. Look at verse number nine. I call this the dead end of wisdom and education. Verse 9 says, So I was great and increased more than all before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. He also had his wisdom. Again, we believe it's Solomon, wisest man. The Bible says back in chapter 1, verse 16, I'll go back there. I commune with my own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate and have gotten more wisdom than all the that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience. Of wisdom and knowledge, and I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know badness and folly. I perceived also that this is vexation of spirit. Does that make any sense? I gave myself. I had all the wisdom, and I had all this knowledge, and I had all this, and I gave myself to it, and I realized that's vexation of spirit. So, is Solomon saying that that we shouldn't get wisdom? No, that's not the point. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. What he's saying is, he gave himself. He gave his whole heart to, you know, to understanding things, maybe education, and, and our our language would be like degree after degree after degree, and understanding all these things. And he gave himself to all this wisdom and knowledge, and in the end, it was a dead end. And you can really fill the blank in with whatever you want. I mean, of all these dead, you can fill the blank in with different things. Uh, could be uh, popularity influence power uh, we know of a man who's uh, very wealthy and he knows very wealthy people and he said he made this statement once you have so much money it's not about the money it's about the power it's about the power and so you can fill it whatever you want you know influence popularity power the, the, you know influencer is a big word in fact that's a job if, you're, if you ask a teenager today, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an influencer. That's a job. I don't know if it's a good job, but it's a job and to have influence and have followers and have all this. That's something that they work toward. And we find the preacher's conclusion in verse 10 and 11 of chapter 2. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. Let that sink in. Whatever I saw, I didn't withhold anything. Pleasure, I did it. Accomplishment, I accomplished it. Possession, I got it. Education, wisdom, I went for it. Whatever my eye could see, I went for it. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold... All was vanity and vexation of spirit. There is no profit under the sun. Let that sink in. He took this period to do anything his heart can imagine. And he found something, he went all in. He wasn't just playing around. If, if it was pleasure, he was all in. On it. Possessions, he was all in. Education, all in. He was all in, all in, jumping in, making the focus. I gave my heart, I gave my heart, I gave my heart. And, and I got me possessions, and I got me this, and I got me that. So he had this time period where he's trying to figure this stuff out. So does that mean all these things are wrong? No, I don't, I don't believe so. These things that Solomon tried are not bad, in fact, there's good in all of them. There's good in possessions. There's good in wisdom and education. There's good in, in, in all these things. Accomplishment, there's all some good. But I think here's the point. I want. This is the main point of the, the lesson today. The point is that these things can become... These things are good as goals, but not good as a purpose. Let me explain. These things may be good as goals, but not good as a purpose for life. And this is what Solomon, see, Solomon, and, and so what's the difference between a purpose and a goal? Well, I asked the great theologian Google, and this is what Google gave me. So this is from, uh, it gave us the idea of what purpose and goals are. Purpose is the fundamental reason or driving force behind your actions. A goal is a specific measurable outcome that one's attempting to achieve. Let me explain. Is it wrong to say, I would like to get a new house and save and work toward that and have that possession and enjoy that? No, absolutely not. Is it wrong to make possessions and money and financial gain the purpose? Is it wrong to give your heart to possessions? Yes, that's a dead end. That's a dead end. And we got to keep, we got goals, yes. Yeah, you know, I'm working toward, I want. I would like to retire someday. That's a goal. I have a. I have a. I have a goal ahead of me. Is it wrong to have a goal and work toward a goal? No, nothing wrong with that. But is my purpose in life retirement? Is that the? Is that what fuels me? Is that what drives me? Is that what? Ma, is that? Do I give my heart to these things? That's the difference. And I believe. Often, even as believers, sometimes we get off course because accomplishments, pleasure. Is it wrong to have a good time? Is it wrong to schedule a vacation and plan some fun things to do? Like I'm going to go on a cruise and I'm going to go on this excursion. and I'm going to have a great time on my vacation. Is that wrong? No. But if you, if you say, Hey, I retired, I worked hard. I'm going to spend the rest of my life. And the purpose of my life is just to enjoy my life. guess what? Dead end. You won't enjoy the rest of your life. Because you, you'll get to that one cruise, and you'll say, well, that's not really enough. And then you'll go to that one trip, and that, that won't be enough. And then you'll go over here, because you're, you're chasing the wind. That's what vexation means here. You're, you're chasing the wind. You, you can't grab it. But if you, as a purpose, have the right purpose, which you're going to get to, because most of you know the conclusion to the whole matter in chapter 12 already, when you get to the right purpose, all these other things fall into place. Possessions are enjoyable. Go enjoy mirth and pleasure and and those things. Have a great vacation. It's just not the purpose of your life. So as the preacher examines life and he gives his heart wholeheartedly to make this the driving force of his life, he gets there and says, it's empty. It's empty. So here's the check, the reality check for us. What's the driving force? What's the purpose of your life? Because there's all kinds, the, the, debt, the list of dead ends is long. But the, the, there's, there's a true passion and a true joy in following Jesus Christ. Pastor Jones has been preaching about it for, for months now. We're going to talk about it as we get to the book of Ecclesiastes. But let me just encourage you listen to, don't listen to me, listen to the preacher. <laughs> listen to the preacher from 3,000 years ago who had all the money and all the time to actually go down each road. I've done that. I've been to that sign. Road closed, local traffic only. I go to, there's a hole in the ground that I can't get past, and I turn around and come back. I didn't listen. I wasted my time, my energy, thinking I could be the exception. Listen to the preacher who went down the road of possessions. It wasn't, didn't satisfy. Not the road of education. didn't satisfy. Down the road, down the road, down the road, not satisfied, not satisfied. In the end, it's just empty, vanity, and vexation of spirit. And so the lesson we learned today from Ecclesiastes chapter 2 is that we don't have to make the same mistake. It's a broken record because it's a broken world. And so are things different than they were 3,000 years ago in Solomon's time? Well, yeah. We don't measure uh, wealth by cattle anymore. Well, not here we don't, in our area. No one's wanting to have men singers and women singers and all that kind of stuff. But have things really changed since Solomon's time? No. People are trying to find happiness and joy and possessions and accomplishments and all these things. And so nothing's really, I mean, nothing's really changed since the day that Adam and Eve sinned. Adam and Eve sinned, and there are thorns and thistles from that time. And guess what we still deal with? Thorns and thistles, right? So the curse of God upon our world under the sun is real. The world is broken, and folks, listen to me very closely. You're broken. You're broken. Anxiety is on the rise. Stress is is, is worse than ever. We're dealing with these problems over and over again because we're looking at life under the sun. And the whole goal of Ecclesiastes is to get to all these little shining lights and then there's like this one north star that you plant your eyes on and you follow so that you can enjoy life under the sun. Really, Saul- Ecclesiastes is an encouraging book once you get through the whole book and understand what really guides us. So I hope you'll stay with us over the next few weeks as we finish up the book of Ecclesiastes. Let's close in a word of prayer. If our heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just ask yourself, what are you chasing? What is your passion? What drives you in the morning to get out of bed? Is it more money? Is it possessions? Is it accomplishment? Is it being better than somebody else? I also this when I read Ecclesiastes, Solomon compares himself often. He's like, I had more money than all those before me. I had more wisdom than all those before me. compare? I've heard speakers say, I worked harder because I thought my, my competitor is probably not sleeping right now, so I got out of bed. Com- competition drove them. What fuels you in the morning? If it's one of these dead ends, I would confess that today and say, Lord, I'm not going that dead end anymore. I'm going to focus my eyes on you and live my life for you, and all these other things do come into play. But it's just their they're goals along the way, not the purpose for our life. Heavenly Father, I pray you help us to examine our own life right now. The, your word says that the Bible is like a two-edged sword that discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. So, Father, as we examine our life in the truth of Ecclesiastes chapter 2, help us to see the dead ends that we're focused on. Turn our life around. Consider our life. Repent have a change of mind that leads to a change of action that will get us back on the right track. Lord, we confess today that we're prone to wander down these dead roads. But Lord, I pray you'll help us keep our eyes upon you. In your precious name we pray. Amen.